Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tavin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Tis the season to be jolly, ha la 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 ho. I'm kind of a tenor. <clears throat> I can harmonize pretty well too. You know, I, I don't like to brag about that. It's not something I broadcast, but uh, you know, I guess it speaks for itself now. The way we say it. Hey y'all, Merry Christmas season. Welcome to a very special Christmas podcast. I am so glad that you joined me. I'm excited about this. I've been talking about it probably for a month or so, and the day is finally here. It's kind of like Christmas when you've been looking forward to doing something, opening presents or whatever. Well, here's my gift to you. It's the one-hour, very special Christmas podcast. Now, I have not timed this out. I guess I will just make sure I hit an hour no matter what even if I'm out of story to tell today, but uh, I think we're going to be okay. This is a this is a podcast. It's like a radio show you listen to with your ears. Uh, I don't want nobody to be confused about, oh, what, what are we doing here? You know, it's kind of thing. Like, you want to know what you're in for. Don't be surprised. This is a Tabendiller podcast, very special Christmas episode. It's like you go see that movie Cowboys and Aliens, and you mad that there's aliens in it, then you didn't read the title. You should have expected that. So from this, what you expect is a very special Christmas podcast. Not a video. There ain't nothing you can look at here. I mean, you can look at something, but it, it may not be what... It's not going to be what everybody else sees. It's wherever you at, that's what you see. Maybe you see a mountain. Maybe you see a creek. Maybe you see a deer. Maybe you see your uncle on a John Deere tractor and he needs a belt. I don't know what you see right now. But... You call this kind of an add-on episode, very special Christmas episode, but uh, we got one more of the season we're going to do after this. Like I mentioned in episode 14, this would technically be episode 15, and I'll do one last one of the season and of the year next Tuesday to wrap up the year. You might have presents on the mind this time of year. I know Russell Tucker told me here recently that he's thinking about calling Lady in a Trampoline to see if they're running any deals because his little boy Ronnie Keith might like that. Like to get out on a trampoline, do a flip or something like that away. And, you know, more power to him. But I, I tell you, I mean, I ain't never done the math on that show that America's Funniest Videos, but I, I well over 60% of the videos that get sent in are probably kids on trampolines because you ain't got control. Once you in the air, and you ain't got much control. And then once you land, it'll still throw you left or right or whatever. Man, I wouldn't get on one of them things without no helmet on, I'll tell you that. It's that time of year, though. There's them get-togethers, you know, you got parties, celebrations, church services. I mean, it's fun on Christmas time right now. It's just full-on time to celebrate, so much fun to have. And I don't know if you're on a walk right now, or you're listening by your wood-burning stove, or driving to work, or on a long road trip with the family, but here you are, and here I am. And if I told you that it's been a wild week in town, it'd be an understatement. How's that, Tabin? Well, first, 
the nursing home had a winter wonderland in town, and Rusty Tidwell got asked to haul a snow machine to the nursing home in his truck. The nursing home rented the machine from Brunwell Tires in town. They bought it years ago because they wanted to shoot their own commercial. Wasn't a real great commercial. It was Lonnie's dad, who's got little legs and a long torso with a Santa hat on. He's, he's saying how his sleigh broke down, and he needs a reliable way to deliver presents. And about that time, a tracker tire rose into frame. Big old tire. And so Lonnie's dad, a Santa, you know, he's playing Santa. He says something like, Brunwell Tires. These are the most reliable. And then he sits inside that big old tracker tire and starts to roll down the hill. All the while, they got the snow machine running right by the camera. So it looks like Mr. Brun was in the snow until the camera turns and follows him down that hill. Then there ain't no snow there. And the tire hits like a rock in the road and the tire bounce. One of Mr. Brunwell's tiny legs comes untucked and it's dragging the asphalt. And he got on cowboy boots on and that's just eating the toe of that boot off. It don't eat his real toe off, but the toe of the boot, goodbye. Then Mr. Drun, Brunwell, he's getting shook loose from that whole tire, and he roll under a dead azalea bush, and a, tree, uh, a tire runs into a tree. So the tracker tire, boom, smack into that tree, but uh, Mr. Brunwell ain't in the tire at that point. He's under a dead azalea bush, you know, just trying to regroup from that trip down the hill. And it is about the worst tire commercial I can think of, but they spent all that money on the camera and a snow machine, so they went ahead and ran it anyway. I mean, you weren't going to do two takes on that anyway. You know, he wasn't going to be, okay, let's uh, let's back to one, everybody. Go back to the top of the hill. Let's run out again. No, Mr. Brunwell was done. He wasn't doing any more with that commercial. They added Christmas music, you know, which was better instead of Mr. Brunwell screaming in fear as his boot got ate up by that asphalt, and then he shot out of that tractor tire. You know, none of that was, you couldn't hear all that scream, just the Christmas music. And uh, so I just tried to use the footage. Folks still talk about it. I think that's part of the win with the commercial, you know, when folks talking about it years later. Mr. Brunwell won't talk about it, though. So that's that. They got a snow machine. I imagine they made their money back renting it out by now. Rusty's wife's best friend, Belinda Tigsby, she's down to the nursing home working, and Rusty basically delivered the snow machine because his wife asked him to. Not something he wanted to do. He's busy enough. We all busy this time of year. But he took it down there. Quick side note, Rusty Tidwell has the best tailgate ort in the county. I'd go so far as to say Tri-County. It's an alligator holding a rifle, looking through the sight, at a 12-point buck with a catfish just jumping out the water overhead. Majestic. I mean, it's left people speechless. So Rusty gets over there on the afternoon of the winter wonderland to drop off the new machine. Well, he don't know who he's dropping it off with. So he just figures, you know, uh, they know if he, you know, Rusty knows people around there. But when this man walks out in coveralls holding the clipboard and says, Can I help you? Rusty informs him, yeah, I'm just dropping off his snow machine. To be, to be clear, y'all guys, this ain't a snow cone machine, in case you're thinking that. It's a machine that makes it look like it's snowing. You've seen them? Like a winter wonderland. I think it's like soap bubbles or something that it shoots out, but it's kind of like white and floaty, you know, like a snowflake would be. And so that's what he's, what he's bringing over to the nursing home. Well, that old boy in coverall says, snow machine, great. And Rusty just figures that guy's in charge. I mean, wouldn't you? You walk up and the guy's like nodding like, oh yeah, a snow machine. Like he knows what you're talking about. He's got coveralls and a clipboard. I mean, all that sounds pretty official. Not like uh, Rusty's checking IDs or nothing. After all, uh, you know, why, why would anybody do that if they weren't working there? So Rusty's out of there. Well, what Rusty did not know 
was that he had just left a snow machine with a resident of the nursing home. His name's Dewey Morton. He managed to lift a 20, 30 pound snow machine into a nearby wheelchair. And once that thing's in a wheelchair, then he could pretty much take that snow machine wherever he wanted to go. So the snow machine is rolled off who knows where. Rusty did what was asked of him in his defense. How would he know? You know, he was just out of there and he, he took the day off from work anyway just because there's so much going on in town. He's helping here. He's helping there. It's like every day there's another event this month. The Winter Wonderland, Town Christmas Parade, several churches in town doing a Christmas cantata, Baptist Church in town. It's the Second Baptist Church. They doing a live nativity. I don't know at what point the local Baptist church changes their name. I mean, do they get to Six Baptist Church or do they just come up with a real descriptive name at that point, like Flowing Fountain Baptist Church or something? I ain't sure how that works exactly, but I think there is a point where you drop the number. Now, I don't know what that number is, but I ain't never seen an 11th Baptist Church, so maybe it's somewhere around there. It's usually Prairie Meadow Fellowship Baptist Church before it's the 11th Baptist, the way I see it. So anyhow, Rusty shows up at the burger shed, and I'm down there for early lunch because I'm helping with that winter wonderland for a little bit down there too. And then I told Second Baptist that I'd take a shift at their live nativity. So I got to get down there for a, like a one-hour shift. Um, I think they're doing, uh, yeah, wise man number two is what I'm supposed to be. Years ago, they are doing an all-night nativity, and it get pretty cold. Come two or three in the morning, that winter was specially frigid, and they had real everything. Joseph, Mary, donkey, sheep, baby Jesus. Baby Jesus was the little Ratcliffe boy, Kirby. He caught some kind of cold out there in the middle of the night in them swaddling clothes, and they think that spirit stunted his growth. You, I mean, you see him now lined up next to his classmates, and you'd say, oh, is that one of them little kids' little brother? Nope, he's day age. So they do a baby doll baby Jesus now there, and they end it by 11 p.m. now instead of going all night. They got a choir out there too. Folks can listen, drive by, and they cars, and they can walk by like out of way and look at that live nativity. So that's going to start around 5 p.m., and I got the 7 to 8 p.m. shift, wise man number two. Uh, I brought the frankincense. Now, they say the wise man didn't arrive, you know, the day uh, baby Jesus was born, and he was older. He's a little bigger at the time, wasn't a newborn, when them wise men really got there. Um, so, but they did bring him them gifts. But them wise men didn't make it like on his birthday. It was like later. But they showed up. So, you know, just for the nativity, for the story, I sh I'm there showing up with the frankincense. So that's what I do. I'm delivering my gift, wise man number two, frankincense. Anyhow, Neil and Danita McKinney, they in charge of organizing the live nativity. Good people. Best you'll meet. And he brings his own mule for that nativity. He also brought a German Shepherd. It's Neil's, and it just kind of sit there in the hay. One year they tried to put antlers on the, the the doggy, but he hated it. And don't I don't think there's a deer that night when baby Jesus was born anyhow. And since there probably wasn't a German Shepherd neither, they just decided to guess leave it like a dog because it already was a dog and it knew how to be that. And then they just do it that way. So that how that's how that worked. So they got me an outfit, like a robe and a scarf kind of thing for my head. And they said I could wear work boots because flip-flops or barefoot would push me to the brink of frostbite that night. And the whole town uses Kirby Ratcliffe as an example now. He's a stunted little fella. Folks still want to pat him on the head like he's a little tyke, but he's too old for that. And he'll swat your hand away. Mabel Childress hollered at him once for swatting at her hand. That ain't how the baby Jesus would act. That's what she said to him. You know, after he... I took a swat at her, you know, for putting patting his head like he a little tight. He was mad. Kirby's like a fifth grader now, so he don't like being head patted like out of way. And he hollered at her, I ain't the baby Jesus. And he's right. You know, he ain't. 
He was a little Kirby Ratcliffe, but I I would not call him Lil like that. You just say, hey, Kirby kind of thing. So they do them baby dolls now at the live nativity instead of a real baby for a few reasons. I guess they don't want a real kiddo in the manger to get sickly like Kirby. And also he's ornery now too. People worry maybe it's from his baby Jesus experience. I don't know. And finally, I mean, you think about it. It's an impossible order to fill once you've been to baby Jesus in a live nativity. You know how you, now you kind of under a microscope. The thing with me is that I had to be at the nursing home at 430 uh, in the afternoon because their winter wonderland started at five and you can imagine that they ain't going to start super late on account of nursing home residents are in bed by 8 30 p.m so it basically seems like everybody's taking an early day from work because of all the activities going on in town mort dwidell walked into the burger shed me rusty tidwell was already in there he said he'd been helping his wife at her store uptown gal because they having a christmas dust where mort's wife works that's her store she own it rusty said you ain't calling it a holiday sale and Mort's like, no, why would we? Folks ain't out buying New Year's Eve presents. They're buying presents for Christmas. It's a Christmas sale. Might as well be specific. I said, I'm with you, Mort. They ain't holiday trees. They're Christmas trees. What are the holidays you bringing a tree in your house for? Just one, Christmas. Folks ain't saying, oh, we got our holiday tree up. Then on the 4th of July, the kids run downstairs to see what bottle rockets, black cats, and Roman candles Uncle Sam left under their tree. Nope, it's a Christmas tree. And apparently it was a Christmas sale over at Uptown Gal. Mort don't really work there, but his wife owns it, so you know that's how that goes. He do kind of work there. But he's able to get away and regroup in the burger shed with us. Bud's doing that peppermint milkshake this time of year. I'm fine with it. It ain't my favorite, but it's better than the chocolate peach milkshake he tried for a couple summers. Anyhow, out of my periphery, I seen Bud waving to me. And then he waving me behind the counter, and I don't work there. But we friends, and I knew he needed something, so I head over to Bud, and I'm going behind the counter at the burger shed. He said, Tavin Misty Fisdale called in because she's she got full rehearsal today for the town parade. She's got to be in this elf makeup or something. Anyhow, she couldn't come into work, which is usually ain't a problem, but the ice cream machine stopped working. And, you know, Bud's basically saying, I ain't able to go get the part I need for the machine and, and work the drive through at the same time. I said, Bud, I'm probably going to do better running and getting a part for you than working the drive-thru. Bud said, well, I know that's happened. You think you and Rusty could go pick it up? Rance Barnhart has what I need because he got an ice cream machine at the bait and tackle. Yep. So me and Rusty and Mort hop in uh, Rusty's truck and we head out to the lake where the bait and tackle shop sits. Rance gives haircuts out there too on a patio, but if you think about it, we wasn't going to have no time for no haircut. This is a business trip. What Bud is thinking is that time is money. So every minute that ice cream machine is down is peppermint milkshakes that ain't getting bought. And they moving right now. It's a popular flavor right now this time of year. So we all in it to win it. We trying to help Bud out. Folks buy cold stuff in cold weather. You know, even though if it's wintertime, they want a milkshake. I know I do. Do you? I like an ice cold cherry Coke on a cold day. Milkshakes work too. So we got out there, and Bud has already talked to Rance. You know, Rance knew what was up. He knew we were coming in hot, you know, trying to help there. And I don't know what kind of deal Rance and Bud worked up, but we didn't have no money to pay Rance with. And it was one of those things where everybody was stepping up to bat, you know, to help out Bud. Because uh, Rance was rating by the driveway to the bait and tackle at the road. There's a two-lane out there, and then a dirt road kind of driveway thing that takes you up to the bait and tackle and the lake. And you know how you drop into a store in your town, and folks are ready to chat for 15 minutes or longer, and, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. That's how we all do. But we knew this wasn't the time for that. 
I mean, Rance handed that thing through the window to Mort, and we passed it off. He passed it off like out of way, and it liked to kill Mort not to stay and have a full-on conversation with Rance. But we all knew the deal. You know, Rance uh, handed that through the window, and then he turned and went back up to the bait and tackle. He had things to do up there, you know, and Bud's back at the burger shed by himself until this afternoon guy shows up, you know, the afternoon shift. So Bud will be down there all day, you know, he'll do that. He loves it. His wife will come in sometime, too. So we got back down there and delivered that part, and Bud was like his own personal pit crew. I mean, pop this up, slide this in, power this off, crank it back up, put that thing there. It was humming like a champ before you know it. Bud could probably solve a lot of McDonald's ice cream problems if they wanted but I don't even think they even concerned about their ice cream problems over at the McDonald's. You know, over one billion served, I think. You'll come back anyway, and we'll tell you it's still broke. So anyhow, it seems like Bud is back on track, and I decided to head back to my trailer just to clean up a little bit before having to head over to the nursing home for a couple reasons. One reason is because they may need a little more help getting ready for tonight, you know, so I want to be there to help them. And two, cricket the gal I'm kind of liking, she should be working there tonight, and if I get there early and I ain't officially on yet, then I got time to hang out with her if she has the time. So I like that idea. That's how that works. It's starting to cool off, you know, and I figured I should put on a Christmas sweater once I'm all cleaned up, and ain't nobody got better Christmas sweaters than me, Ma. So I just borrow one of hers. This year I grabbed a red sweater with a small dog on the front. Looks like a Scottish Terrier. If I was going to take a guess, you know, and the dog has on a Christmas sweater. And then it's kind of 3D where there's just stuff hanging off the sweater like them decorations. Very busy sweater. Very festive. So that's what I got with a pair of long bridges, work boots, and a red burger shed hat. Season is over, but, you know, still my team. And I just like the burger shed. And I really wasn't getting out there super early anyhow. Uh, trip out of town to the bait and tackle and real quick even if Rance Barnhart's waiting for you at the end of the bait and tackle driveway it still takes a little bit so you start to feel like you pressed for time when you got a couple big big things to do this evening from the nursing home uh, to the live nativity even later so I get cleaned up and I, I get on my bike to go down to the nursing home I didn't know what to do about cricket here's the deal we're friends I like her but we ain't talking none about where we stand like that like what's this friendship you know, supposed to be, you know. So I wanted to get her something for Christmas, but then I wasn't sure. You know, it isn't in a fella can overthink these things, and it could get kind of weird, so I just ended up getting her pocket knife. I mean, Cricket can handle all kind of weapons, and this knife wasn't going to be the best one she has by a long shot, but I figure she can keep it in her car or purse. It's got some tools on it, and I put it in a box. It's probably more for a wallet, kind of flat rectangle, and then I tape that box, and I wrap it with Christmas paper, and I wrote two Cricket on it, from tavern and then that's what i took down there to the nursing home to give to her you know so that's that i ain't great at wrapping paper you know kind of thing some folks love it uh lots of folks just toss them in bags with tissue paper now but it was way easier to transport a little box wrapped in christmas paper on my bike to the nursing home than holding a bag where it could have caught some wind you know flip upside down i lose that knife or Millie Ricks decides to water her lawn on a cold December evening for who knows why, and it hits that gift, and everybody knows tissue paper is borderline useless once it's wet, unless you glue in wads of it to a poster board for some sort of art project, but I ain't, so I'm trying to get a knife to the nursing home. That ain't something you say every day. That's what I was trying to do. So I get down there a little early, and I'm glad I did, because I seen Nurse Belinda Tigsby outside talking to Dewey Morton, who is sitting on a bench, looking up at her, just shrugging like, I don't know. Turns out they figured out he somehow ended up with that snow machine, but he couldn't remember what he did with it or he just didn't want to tell. 
But the thing is, what basically makes the nursing home winter wonderland a winter wonderland is that snow machine. So without that snow machine, it ain't a winter or a wonderland. Kind of a problem. So Belinda tells me what's going on as I lean my bike against the outside wall of the nursing home out front, and I told her I'd got down, no, I'd just go down the halls there and I'd do some investigating. I'd done this kind of thing before when residents, you know, were doing their fall pumpkin crafts and they went missing from their doors. You know, they hang them on their front doors of their little rooms. And it was this pumpkin art they did on construction paper and Dave was gone. And I was thinking, who had all them pumpkin crafts that went missing? And I remembered that it was Doreen Fundle. She had them crammed in a fanny pack and was nudging them with a yellow rain boot that she had on her left foot under her bed. She had a flip-flop on her right foot because she said uh, that foot runs a little hot. Anyway, I decide that Doreen's room would be my first stop, you know, and I turn that corner to head down the hall where Doreen stays, and I kid you not, out from under her closed door was a mountain of bubbles that just pushed underneath that door and steady growed like a science experiment into the hallway. So it don't take no Sherwood Holmes to know that Doreen's room was probably the answer to the missing snow machine. So I open her door, bubbles everywhere, it's even hard to see forward, and I didn't want to just walk in because she could be on the floor for all I know, and I don't want to step on Doreen, so I holler out, Doreen! Nothing. Oh, no. You know, I hope she's okay kind of thing. Doreen Fundle, are you in here? Then I just hear, Santa, come again? And I hear it again. Santa, through them bubbles, that's all I'm hearing. Somebody's yelling the name Santa, you know, like Santa Claus. So I'm wondering, are they saying Doreen ain't here, but Santa is here? I mean, when you're in the middle of solving a mystery, seconds matter. So I say, Santa, is that you? And then, stepping out of them bubbles, in high heels, red sweatpants, a green sweater that says pine trees of the Ozark with Christmas lights on the pine tree, and a Santa hat on her head is Doreen Fundle with a beard made out of bubbles like you would do in a bubble bath when you was a kid. It was quite a sight and a little scary. So I just say, Doreen? She shook her head. Doreen ain't here. She's been naughty. I'm Santa. I shake my head. Well, we need to cut off this snow machine, Santa. Folks is going to start slipping in the halls. Truth be told, I ain't sure how you staying on your feet in them high hills. Then Doreen reaches out with something in her hand. Merry Christmas. A squirrel hide for you. You've been a good boy. That's what she says. I look down at her hand, and Doreen is holding a wet wig. I just found out recently Doreen wears wigs. Apparently, she's trying to tell me that this wet wig she is holding is a squirrel hide, which I should accept from her because she's Santa, and I've been a good boy. So I take the wig, and I just kind of wing it in the direction of where her bed should be. And I say, Doreen is... Where's that machine plugged in? And she said, Santa. And I said, okay, fine. Santa, can you unplug the snow, please? Yes, but you owe me milk and cookies. She said it to me like out of way, like, like she's Santa and, and she working out a deal because there's certain privileges she gets for being Santa Claus, whatever, you know, kind of like out of way. So Doreen turn and disappear into the bubbles and I hear that machine cut off. So a little bit of relief go on there. And I just kind of follow her carefully because them high heels she's wearing are easy to track. You can hear that clippity-clop kind of thing. Slowly, them bubbles start to pop. 
and then it's basically like waters all over her floor. Next to her bed is a wheelchair, and I figured it's the one that Dewey carried the snow machine away in after Rusty dropped it off earlier in the day. So I just had Doreen take a seat in the wheelchair, only I had to call her Santa and tell her this was her sleigh. So I wheeled her down to the mess hall while the janitor, Lonnie Ratcliffe, earned his paycheck today. You may recognize the last name because his son, Kirby, the baby Jesus, whose growth was stunted after that one live nativity. He's a good janitor, though. So Lonnie, he's no stranger to town Christmas events. But it was going to be some work because he had to clean up Doreen's room. Then somebody's going to have to refill the bubble machine or the snow machine, whatever, so that the winter wonderland could even happen. Now, the snow machine is supposed to go down to the mess hall where they eat because that's where the event's supposed to be. So there I am in my Scotty Dog Christmas sweater and Burger Shed ball cap wheeling Doreen Fundle in her Santa cap, pine tree Christmas sweater, red sweatpants, and high heels toward the mess hall. It wasn't until we was almost there that I noticed she was holding a wet wig in her lap. I imagine she's planning on giving that away in the spirit of Christmas like she tried to do to me back at the room. I turned that corner into the mess hall with Doreen in that wheelchair, and Cricket is hanging decorations for the Winter Wonderland. Well, she turns to me and Doreen, and she says, What in the high heels is going on here? I shook my head. The party got started early, Cricket. That's all I know. And about that time, Doreen flung that wet wig at Cricket. She got a stronger arm than you'd think, and it hit Cricket right in the lip. I mean, that's not the kind of thing that's going to knock you down or hurt you, but it's it's a very embarrassing, and it just it don't make you happy. I can't imagine anybody wanting to get hit in the face with a wet wig. Uh, so Cricket grabbed a dish towel. You know, she's kind of unfazed, and she, she wiped Doreen down. And there's Doreen over there. She's like, ouch, that hurts. You know, kind of like a kid. You know, you're trying to get something off a kid's face, and they ain't having it. They think you're going to try to hurt them or pull their nose off or I don't know what, but Doreen's fighting her kind of thing, you know, wagging her head back and forth trying to dodge her. You know, Doreen ain't making it easy on nobody. But about that time, Rusty Tidwell's wife turns on the music that plays through the speakers in the mess hall. It's Christmas music, and Doreen just stopped. Sure enough, she just settled right in, peaceful-like. They were able to get the high heels off her, which I thought was a good idea, and they put on some slippers to keep her feet warm. Everything else she kept on, you know, Santa hat, red sweatpants, green pine tree sweatshirt with the, with the lights on the tree. About that time, folks started filing into the mess hall. So it's just one of those things where the afternoon just sped up, kind of got, ever since, it started getting away from me anyhow, ever since we had to go to the burger shed and we ran, made that run out to the bait and tackle for Rance Farnhart stuff, it just seemed like I did not have enough time, you know, from getting back to my trailer, getting ready, getting back over to the nursing home. And all of a sudden, now these people are filing in. And I'm feeling like we're a little bit behind, but, you know, it is what it is. I guess we're good. You know, they don't, they none the wiser. You know, they don't, they filing into the mess hall like they're supposed to at the time they're supposed to. And it's decorated. So they don't know that we're still about to try to get the snow machine uh, cranked up and all that. But uh, here they are. They're coming into the mess hall. They got their Christmas sweaters on hats, all that. A few of them even had like that garland and bows on their wheelchairs and walkers like they decorated, you know, for Christmas. And what they did was serve Christmas supper, which was like ham or turkey or both, whatever you wanted to choose. Mashed taters, gravy, sweet taters, green beans, they seasoned, hot dinner rolls, rumor has it, they was Mary Beth Tucker's mom's recipe, which, as you may recall, 
have been championed as softer than a baby angel's leg. And, of course, butter. Lots of butter. They could have a hot apple cider. They had their choice. A hot apple cider, hot chocolate, uh, coffee, sweet tea, or water. So, I mean, it's not like a hundred options, but them good options, especially for Christmas and wintertime options, to have hot cider, hot coffee, or hot chocolate, that's a lot. And then sweet tea or water, that's good. I mean, maybe some of them want to eliminate or whatever, and I guess I could stir that up if, if one of the nurses wanted to, but uh, I, don't, I didn't hear no complaints, you know, about them options. I don't know why you would, right? So, got to see that nursing home. You know, I, I have to say, they know how to kick off Christmas. Well, Neil and Danita McKinney show up in their Christmas sweaters, and as you may recall, they are in charge of the live nativity, where I will be wise man number two in about 45 minutes or so. I mean, my shift don't start in 45, but by the time I get out of the nursing home, I get over there to Second Baptist, I get into wise man gear and all that, we're getting pretty close to time. Neil and Danita are there to sing a couple songs, and then I guess they're heading out to the nativity. They start off with jingle bells, and they handed out some bells for folks to shake, you know, while they singing the song, jingle bells, jingle bells, and then you can just imagine in your mind's ear, you know, the jingle of the bells, jingle bells, there you go. As if Dewey Morton hadn't stirred up enough trouble today taking off with that snow machine, he threw his jingle bell, and it snagged on Betty Chud's Christmas sweater. Cricket go try to tend to her, and I could see she's having trouble getting that thing loose. I kind of thought it could just be a decoration because the jingle bell hanging from a Christmas sweater ain't that big a deal. But it needed to come loose. You know, it didn't belong there and it could snag it. And you know how the sweaters do when they get snagged. I mean, it could just start coming apart. I have a big old hole in your sweater. You don't want that. And so I remembered all of a sudden my gift uh, for cricket. So I walk over there and I hand it to her and I, and I said, uh, Merry Christmas. This is something that you, you might need right now, cricket kind of thing and she look at me you know because she's steady focused on that sweater and then she look at me handing her a gift and she reached out for it she kind of smiled but she looked confused because it's pretty awkward time to hand somebody a gift I, I guess you know looking back on it now but I ain't really great at that kind of stuff and it was you know it just was what it was so she, anyway she's nice about it she opened it because uh, you know I said that well like like that way I was like you might need this right now and so she's like okay like she might just be humoring me or maybe she believed me but she opened it and she seen that knife and she smiled at me, and then she went to work on that sweater like a surgeon. Because her goal was not to ruin the sweater. And she just needed to get that bell to let go. And I think what she did was pry open that jingle bell enough so it let go. You know, a Betty sweater. And then Dewey, he didn't get that jingle bell back. He lost his jingle bell privilege. After jingle bells, is a silent night. So Neil and Danita had to bring it home pretty quick. You know, they started with that upbeat jingle bells. You know, it was loud, fast-paced song, and then they went straight to Silent Night, which, you know, you're slowing it down. I mean, it's quieter, Silent Night. So I guess it's because they had to go, and it was going to be their last song. And so here, during the second verse of Silent Night, they cut off the lights in the mess hall. The only lights was the Christmas tree lights that strung around the room and these little battery-operated candles so, you know, they don't really burn, but they on every table. Because, well, I, I think it's obvious after what had already happened that the staff knew in advance they didn't need to set tiny fires on everybody's table. And they wheeled in that snow machine and cranked it on during the second burst. So you imagine that. Just dork, 
little Christmas lights everywhere, little battery operated candles on the tables, snow machine, slowly, uh, uh, slowly falling. You know, the the snow is just kind of gliding down to the ground and they singing Silent Night. Well, Doreen, she points at me and she's waving me over to a wheelchair. So I check on her and she said, I got your present in my room. You know, and I was thinking, oh yeah, she's she's Santa Claus and she got something for me or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, you ain't you ain't got to get me nothing, Doreen. Just enjoy the winter wonderland. Well, she insisted. First, she's like, I'm Santa. I was like, oh, that's right. Okay, Santa. She says, let's go get it now. It's Christmas. You know, so she, in her mind, she's like, well, she's going to be Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is really, I mean, Santa's at the top of the game on, on Christmas Day. So today's the day to give the gift, even though it wasn't Christmas Day. But you ain't going to get into that with Doreen. And it's like, okay. So I wasn't going to make this harder than it need to be. And I wheeled Doreen back to her room where it's been freshly mopped and dried, thanks to Mr. Ratcliffe. And then Bubbles was gone, and she reached into a basket at the end of her bed, and she hand me a baby doll. Well, I don't want that. But she wasn't going to take no for an answer, so I wheeled Doreen back to the mess hall, holding a baby doll under my arm. Cricket sees me and points to that doll. I just lean over and say, Doreen says it's my Christmas present, kind of thing. Well, Cricket's eyes get wide, and she say, Do not leave that baby doll here. If she gave it to you, get it out of here when you leave. Like Cricket was dead serious. Like this is nothing to joke about kind of thing. So I was taking her serious. I guess Doreen knows if she gave you something and you just kind of leave it at the front desk so they can sneak it back in her room, she know that. Like she owned that trick. Like when she gives something away, she really don't want to see it again. It's yours. So I shrug and I just kind of hold on to that thing. It's like, all right, I'll get out of here with this baby doll. My Meemaw, she got a baby doll collection, but I ain't trying to fuel that addiction. So I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do with it, but I know what I ain't going to do with it. I ain't going to leave it at the nursing home. So it was a winter wonderland down there tonight. That's for sure. Despite several efforts otherwise, it seemed to be turning out how folks hoped it would. I say it seemed because I pretty much had to go at this point. I wasn't going to be able to see the end of the winter wonderland, but, you know, I felt like I... I helped a little bit. I heard they turned the lights back on for dessert, which I think was a good call. I don't think it's a good idea to eat dessert in the dark, whether you live in a nursing home or you don't live in a nursing home. I like to see my dessert. So I tell Cricket Merry Christmas, and she gave me a hug, which I did not expect and sure did appreciate. And I was out the door on my bike with a baby doll off to the live nativity. Now, I didn't have to bring anything to the nativity because they got your outfit for you there. Wise man number two, you know, I just had to get there kind of thing. And they got wardrobe for you. You know, if you've ever been an, an actor, you know, in a movie or a play, they got a wardrobe department. They're going to take care of you. You know, you get there and they say, well, here you go kind of thing. And let's make sure your hat's on right or your little, you know, headscarf kind of thing or whatever. So as I pedaled down the street in that brisk winter air, I thought, hmm, I'm so busy helping back there that I never got no supper. And I ain't gonna have time to eat before I check in as wise men number two. So it's just gonna have to be a late supper tonight, you know. After all this is done, boy, I'll be putting a hurting on something. Burger shed will probably be closed, but I'll figure something out. So I make my way to the church and the other shift is still on at the live nativity. And the way they make the change is the new folks will just walk up and take the place of the other Mary and Joseph and the wise men. Like they step out of the way and the new folks step in and you ain't got to be frozen like out of the way. You can move a little bit. It's not like a wax museum. And you can talk even because them folks wasn't frozen when baby Jesus was born. Like they moved and stuff. So it's okay to like 
look alive. Now the animals are on all night. A uh, sheep, a donkey, a dog, they seem fine with that though. None of them care. They're like, okay, you want me to lay in the hay? I can do that kind of thing. And you know, they're getting well fed and everything. Now, I set my bike down behind the nativity up against the church building, and I noticed something in the shadows near the street kind of winding toward the live nativity at an angle. I mean, it was like a person or an animal or something, you know. I'm not telling, it wasn't like no shooting star zooming through the neighborhood or nothing like that. I figured maybe it was like a neighborhood kid or something, honestly, you know, just getting on the lawn trying to get a closer look at the action of the nativity. Well, I got to get in my wise man outfit and it ain't real fancy. Like I got to change clothes. I just put it over what I'm wearing so I don't need to go inside or nothing. I'm still outside. Well, anyhow, while I'm changing and the old shift is wrapping up, I guess Travis Darden, he runs the kitchen at Bickham's Catfish Buffet and his family, they was walking by, you know, looking at the live nativity like so many families are doing that night when there's like a commotion. The donkey got spooked because somebody threw a Nerf football at it. And then that dog that was there ran over Mary's lap, and in the middle of all that, baby Jesus got snatched. I ain't lying. Well, Travis ain't lied a foot, but he tried to take off after the baby Jesus thief, but he got his foot snagged on a hay bale, and he was down like a duck in hunting season. He just hit that ground hard. And when you carry some weight on you, if you fall, sometimes just that adds more, like just your, your own weight on your own self, you know, hurt something else like an elbow or an arm or whatever so i didn't know what was going on exactly with travis at that point well now i'm trying to see what's going on and whoever grabbed baby jesus was running away from the nativity and across the church property away from where i was standing so i start walking and the light hits the runner and i knowed without a doubt that was delma spencer running and one thing i know about delma because i seen her try to steal stuff before many things is that she can't run, and before long, she's going to trip herself. It happened at the fireworks stand in her flip-flops this past summer, and even though I was pretty sure she didn't have no flip-flops on at this moment, she still had her legs on, and them legs trip over each other. Well, Travis is back up, limping and lumbering toward the shadowy figure that I know is Delma, and sure enough, she just drops to the ground. Maybe she didn't trip, maybe she just been winded and just needed a break, but she dropped. Well, I go ahead and make my way over there, and Travis is hot. He's so mad at her, and he see her too. He's like, Delma, what are you doing? And she just kind of like, sorry, I needed a doll. You can't take the baby out of the story. That's what Travis says. He goes, you can't take the baby out of the story. That's a live nativity. You can't take the baby out. Well, I make it over there, and sure enough, there's Delma sitting in the grass, a little sweaty or not expected, actually, and she's got that baby doll next to her. And Anita... McKinney has made her way over there. One of the nicest people you ever gonna meet, told you before. And she says, Delma, are you okay? Delma shakes her head and cries, I'm not, you know, kind of just sad and upset kind of thing. And she said, we're gonna need that baby doll back for the live nativity. Travis is right about that. The baby's the star of Christmas, baby Jesus. So Delma lifts up that baby doll and hands it to Danita and Danita offers Delma snacks, hot chocolate, you know the whole goodie table that got set up for volunteers, you know, like the craft services, you know, for the for the TV or the movies. It's got like, I mean, you you an actor, you know, you're there for the live nativity. You ready to go, you set up with them. And so they got the snacks out. So, you know, I did not have no supper. 
I was planning a late supper, still was planning a late supper, but I was like, boy, they got some stuff to take the edge off here. A little hot chocolate, uh, some goodies, uh, some chips, that kind of thing. So, you know, Danita's basically saying, hey, you can have some of the volunteer food, Delma, even though you're over here trying to steal baby Jesus or whatever. And I asked Delma a question that I asked her many times before. Delma, what in the world are you doing? And she said, I was able to get gifts for all my babies this year, but my four-year-old, she wants a baby doll, and I ain't got no time or money to find one now. So I just thought, dot, 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 and I kind of jumped in. You just thought you'd steal the baby Jesus from the live nativity? She kind of looked at me. Well, when you put it that way. Now, you know Delma Spencer, I don't know how many kids she has, but she got a slew of them. I mean, they under the age of seven, and there's probably eight of them, something like that. I don't know how many anymore, but she got a bunch. She got a stepson. He's probably 13, 12, something like that now, too. Anyhow, I helped Delma to her feet, and I walked her over to the snack table. At this point, I, you know, ain't nobody worried about her getting away with nothing. You know, Delma ain't fast. She's done tarred and winded. She exerted enough energy where she's going to need to take like a three-day nap. Like this ain't, this ain't easy for her to do. So nobody worried she, you know, she's going to go nowhere. So I help her walk over to the snack table. And uh, I said, I guess you could take your four-year-old some hot chocolate from the snack table, you know. And she's like, all she wants is a baby doll. I said, well, I don't know where you're going to get one either, Delma, but you can't be. And then I remembered something. I remembered there was something that I could not leave the nursing home without. So I had to take it with me. I looked over at my bike and laying next to it was a baby doll that needed a home. And I said, Delma, what about this one? Well, her eyes got kind of wide and she kind of leaned toward it. You serious to have it? I sure am. Take that baby doll over to that four-year-old. About that time, Donita, she called and told me it was time for the next shift. You know, I was on that next shift. I had that next hour shift as the wise man number two with the frankincense, and they supplied that too. I didn't have to go find no frankincense or nothing like that. Uh, and it's just a box, you know, because it's acting. So you just hold the box, and people say, oh, that must be the one with the frankincense or something. I don't know how that works. But anyways, I had to get. So I just said, Merry Christmas, Delma. And I, I handed her that baby doll, and I made my way to the live nativity for my shift. It was a brisk night. I had some hot chocolate, too, though, to warm me up. Quite a bit of traffic this year for the live nativity. Felt pretty good about my role as wise man number two. I kept my mouth shut. You know, I kind of smiled. I kind of rocked back and forth. You know, I can't stand still too long anyhow. But I tried to do my best, you know, not to uh, get in the way or anything or fall on nobody or make up too many lines or that kind of thing. They say, uh, they say you seem wiser when you do that anyway, when you keep your mouth shut. Um, so we had everybody we needed for, for the live nativity, especially that baby. So my shift was done by 7 o'clock. And they still had a few more hours of nativity. The next folks showed up and everything. And I, I got on my bike, and I, it's even colder now. And that hot chocolate, you know, it didn't tide me over. I was ready for some, for some real food. Got on my bike. No baby doll that Doreen Santa gave me because I handed that off to Delma Spencer. And uh, I'm glad I did. I get back to my trailer, 
and somebody on my front porch, and I think, oh my goodness, if my brother Brett's here to ask me what I got in for Christmas, and can he spend the night, and all this stuff, and he's in trouble, and the police are looking for him, I didn't know, you know, what the story was going to go, but as I got closer, you know, I rode my bike over to gravel, uh, up to my porch, I was like, that is not my brother Brett, that is Cricket, and I look next to Cricket, she got a styrofoam container, and I said, Cricket, how you doing? She goes, good, I just got done. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of getting in, getting ready for bed over at the nursing home. They was wrapping up the party. And uh, I remembered that I didn't really get to say bye to you like a one-two and thank you for the knife and Merry Christmas. And I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. You know, that's all I said. I just kind of shut her off because I didn't, you know, kind of getting reversed and I was getting a little awkward for me. And she goes, no, I wanted to say thanks and I wanted also to, bring you some food i don't know if you had a chance to eat and i was like i didn't have a chance to eat and sure enough she got me one of them styrofoam containers opened up she got the turkey and the ham and uh, like the gravy and the taters and she got the sweet taters and i mean it's packed full you know and and i said are you okay if i just eat this right in front of you because i need to put a hurting on something i ain't eight since i was at the burger shed today in the afternoon and everything got interrupted and the day just went after that she goes no that's fine with me. What are you doing for Christmas? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, my brother's liable to show up any minute or any hour, and then we going over to Meemaw's trailer in the morning. And that's kind of that. You know, I got to wrap what I'm going to get for Meemaw still, uh, but it's in, in the trailer. It's like, what about you? She goes, well, I got to get home. My grandpa, you know, he's he's out there, and he's coming over. And I know her grandpa because I got invited to a birthday party, and he made me his fishing buddy, which was fine, but... I spent all day with Grandpa and didn't get really hang out with Cricket. But, you know, if Grandpa likes you, uh, I think that's probably probably worth the sacrifice, you know. So anyhow, she's like, I got a lot of family coming over, and we're going to do a big thing outside town, you know, on our property. And she said, you're welcome to come out there. And I said, like, well, I'll tell you right now, Cricket, um, where you live, way out there, and me on a bike, that's liable to take me. Uh, I might get there New Year's Eve. You know, we kind of laugh about that, but it's true. And I said, but you know what? I've been thinking about that because it's hard to to get around some places I need to if it's outside of town. And I said, well, I think this next year I'm going to start saving up so I can get something that, you know, some reliable wheels to scoop me around the old town and county and tri-county area, you know, when I need to. Because that sounds pretty good. And I said, yeah, how do you like your knife? You know, I kind of put her on the spot because she could say I hated that thing. And she's like, that was a good old knife. I really like that tab. And it saved the day. It saved a sweater. And Dewey Morton didn't get his jingle bell back. And I was like, I reckon he didn't. I reckon he wouldn't. He was an ornery little fella today. She goes, yeah. She goes, there's going to be a lump of coal in old Dewey's stocking kind of thing. You know, we're just joking about that. But there I was, you know, end of a, end of a busy, busy day with cricket. And I sure appreciated her bringing me a styrofoam nursing home supper, Christmas winter wonderland supper, and sharing a few moments with me before uh, she had to get on home to her family and get ready for day festivities. And I had to get in the trailer and decide if I was going to leave it unlocked in case my brother showed up or have him try to just break through a window, you know. And I figured leaving it unlocked is probably the least expensive option. So I got another hug from Cricket. So that happened. And then uh, she was out of there, and I'm inside and ready to celebrate Christmas.
And that, my friends, is kind of how it went in my town this year. I sure appreciate you joining me, not just for this very special Christmas episode, but for uh, this whole first season of the Tavin Dillard podcast. I am doing a Q&A next week if you want to email me. It'll be in the show notes, tavindillard at gmail.com. Uh, any questions, and I'll be answering questions for next week's podcast. But I don't have a sponsor for this episode, and that's on purpose. I mean, I'll put a link to you know, my merch or in the show notes and if you want to check what I got out, but I don't even want to spend time on that right now. I figured this time of year you bombarded with ads, and sometimes it's just nice to unplug. So please do, you know, exhale, breathe in, breathe out, go outside, take a walk, maybe put on a couple layers, some long underwears, I don't know, depending on where you at this time of year. Notice what's going on around you, be thankful, you know, drop them comparisons, you ain't living your neighbor's life, you got your own life to focus on. And I have to tell y'all, as we wrap up 2021, and I'm looking forward to 2022, I gotta say, you have made my year so much better. You, you listening to this right now you've invited me into your ears here on this podcast and your time's valuable i sure hope i didn't waste any of it we always want to look to this next thing and and i get that but maybe for a little while today just be present here's where you are and if you ain't been hit in the face with a wet wig today i say you having a pretty good day and there's a good chance ronnie keith is going to get a special delivery from lady in the trampoline this christmas Let's connect again real soon, y'all guys. How about that? But for today, Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll see you later.